about to have our special time of rejoicing in the Torah in just a moment. But before we do that, I wanted to share with you some, uh, just some brief thoughts on Simchat Torah. Because as the goodbye said when he opened up the service today, that many people don't even know about this particular holiday. It escapes them somehow, miraculously. Um, but Bezrat Hashem, that is coming to an end. Amen. I want to speak about Simchat Torah, and I want to begin with a writing in one of Paul's letters. Surprise you, huh? This comes from Romans chapter 10 and verse uh, 4, where it normally reads, Mashiach is the end of the law, which people interpret that way. The Mashiach came and the Torah ceased to be. That is an impossibility because Mashiach is the Torah made manifest. So if the Torah ceases to be, then he would cease to be. So it's a complete, uh, complete uh, game changer there. But this is what it says in this verse. Actually, this comes from Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through uh, 4, I believe it is. It says, Brothers and sisters... I'm sorry, yeah, Romans chapter 10, 1 through 13, I'm sorry. said, brothers and sisters, my heart desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not based on knowledge. For being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit themselves to the righteousness of God. For Messiah is the goal. This is where it typically, in a lot of translations, says the end often translated in from the Greek word telos. The Hebrew for telos is kates. Kof, zadi, sofit. Kates. So he says, for my, Messiah is the, properly translated, the goal of Torah as a means to righteousness for everyone who keeps trusting. So what the apostle is saying here is that Mashiach is the goal of the Torah. This is what the Hebrew word kates can mean. It can mean end for sure, but we know it can't mean end here because the Mashiach is not the end of the Torah. He's actually the beginning of the Torah. The word kates in Hebrew has several meanings. One is end. The other is a term, such as when, you're, when your loan comes to term, comes to its fulfillment. A designated time. And that, it says in the definition of, Hebrew, of the Hebrew uh, dictionary of the Targumim and the Gemara and the, the Tanakh, it says this, this designated time is especially used with reference to the time of the redemption. So Yeshua is the case. He is the end. He is that to which everything points for the final redemption. The first time this word is used is in Genesis 4, chapter 3, excuse me, chapter 4 and verse 3, where it says, So it came about at the right time, in the course of time, Miketz that Cain brought an offering to Hashem from the fruit of the ground. Now, I want you to think about something, that the first time this word kates is used is when Cain brings just some of his crop, not the first fruit, but some of his crop from the ground. Kates, the end of the law, right, the goal of the Torah, is used for the first time about an offering brought forth from the ground. But this time, it's not Cain's offering of an offering that's just some of his crop. This time, it's the first fruit offering from the ground. 
That's what the apostle is trying to say. He said that Mashiach is our Cates. He's our Mikates. He is, the, he is that first offering from the ground, that first root offering that Cain was supposed to have brought, but did not bring, and as a result, brought upon himself a curse. But we are reversing the curse. It says, for Moshe writes about the righteousness, Paul talking. He says, for Moshe writes about the righteousness that is based on Torah. And then Paul starts to quote from the Torah, from the scripture, because that's the only scripture that existed. Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on Torah. He says, the man who does these things shall live by them, Leviticus 18.5. But the righteous based on faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, Deuteronomy 9.4, who will go up to heaven, Deuteronomy 30.12. That is to bring Messiah down. Or who will go into the abyss, Deuteronomy 30, verse 13, and Psalm 71.20, excuse me. That is to bring Messiah from the dead. But what does it say? It says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, Deuteronomy 30 and verse 14. That is the word of faith, that is amuna or emet, that's what the word, two words are used for in the Greek there, amuna or faith. The first time that faith is used in the Bible, by the way, is in Exodus 17 and verse 12, where it says, but Moses' hand were heavy and he grew tired. So they took a stone and put it under him. Now, I want you to pay attention to something. What the apostle is saying here is, listen, what you have to understand is, is that the, the righteous, they say, don't say in your heart it's up in heaven that we can bring Mashiach down. Don't say it's in the abyss that we can bring Mashiach up, but he's near us even on our mouth. That whole context of what I just said is in Deuteronomy chapter 30 with the context of God's Torah, where God says, do not say that my Torah is too hard. Don't say that salvation is hard. It's near you, even in your mouth. How? You've got to have the living Torah in here. That's what he's saying. And he says, this is what the, this is the people who have faith say. Now, what's the faith that he's talking about? The first time that faith is used in the, in the Torah is in Exodus, or in all the scriptures. And it's Exodus 17, 12. It says, but Moses' hand were heavy, and he grew tired. So they took a stone and put it under him and sat him on it. Then Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other side. So it was that his hands were steady. Now, the word steady there is amuna. It means literally his, they were outstretched in faithful prayer until the sun set. Take him down because the sun is setting. The first time that Amunah is used in Scripture, his hands were outstretched in prayer. God forgive them for they know not what they do. Take him down, the sun is setting. That we proclaim that if you confess with your mouth that Yeshua is Hashem, this is totally rabbinic. Rabbi say you got to confess stuff. You can't just believe it in your head. you got to say it out loud. That's why we declare things like we read together on the screen. It says, and believe in your heart that I don't know, I raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That means you'll come into covenant. That's what salvation means. For with the, the heart, it is to believe for righteousness, and with the mouth, it's to confess for, for Yeshua. For the scripture says... Again, Isaiah 28, 16, whoever trusts in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. We're going to come back to that in a second. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, richly generous to all, to all, say all, to all who call upon him. For everyone, say everyone, who calls upon the name of Adonai shall be saved. That's from Joel 3, 5. Paul has just quoted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight scriptures from the scriptures. 
Isn't it interesting? Did you notice that he never quotes himself? Paul never says, as God said in Galatians. He never says, as the Holy One wrote in 1 Timothy. You know why? Because he didn't say that. That was Paul's letters. He's quoting from the Scriptures. He, Paul never quotes himself. It's remarkable, isn't it? All those letters he wrote, he never one time quotes himself. Selah. No, this is important because we've got to get back to what's what. So at Simchat, this is Cephas Amos. Now, what does all that have to do with Simchat Torah? I'm glad you asked. Cephas Amos says, Simchat Torah is not an isolated festival that happens to follow the holy days and Sukkot. On the contrary, the goal and final destination of the spiritual journey that started at Rosh Hashanah is Simchat Torah. In fact, he says, Simchat Torah is the completion of the entire festival cycle. It is the goal towards which all other holidays pave the way. We just got through saying that Messiah is the goal of the Torah. He's the goal. And here we're learning from Jewish thought that all the festivals we keep throughout the entire year, the goal of all that is the Torah. It says, Cephas Edmes also says that the Torah itself rejoices. In fact, the very name suggests that it's the Torah itself that is rejoicing in itself. The Midrash Yalkut Shimoni Bracious 2 says, Vehaye etz lo amon, haye mebit ba Torah uvra et haolam. And I was his artisan, Adonai looked at the Torah for guidance and created the world. By the way, when it says, he said, let us make man our own image, it says in Midrash Tankumba that he was talking to the Torah. In considering whether or not to create the universe around man with all its frailties, Hashem heeded the Torah's advice to proceed. The Torah is always about mercy. Go ahead, Hashem, go ahead and create man. Let us make man in our image. God created the world, as we say, in the merit of the Torah. So Israel rejoices in Simchat Torah, Sephis M.S. writes, because on this day Adonai, the transmitter of the Torah, Israel, the receiver of the Torah, and the Torah itself become inseparable. This is what Yeshua meant when he said in John 14, 23, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you, and our Father will abide in us. Hello? Okay. Just making sure you all still here. It says, the essence of Simchat Torah can best be captured in one word, clinging. In Matthew 9, 20, a woman with an issue of blood came up and touched the hem of the Mashiach's garment. In the Septuagint, that word is na naga. It, one of the definitions of it is to cling. She didn't just touch it. She clung to it. And think about it. You say, I got an issue of blood. I just want to go touch it. Tag, you're it. No, she went there and said, I need healing. I cling to you. Where will I go? Only you have the words of truth. Now, we said there's Jew and Gentile. There's salvation for both. Some people interpret that incorrectly to mean that in the covenant, you can be both a Jew and a Gentile. In other words, you can have two classes of people, two different flocks with one shepherd. That's exactly the opposite of what Yeshua said. Yeshua said, I'll have one shepherd and one flock. That means you either have to be a Jew or a Gentile. One or the other can't be both. Guess which one he wants you to be? The Jew. 
case you're wondering. Some of you are thinking about it for a second. Right? So in Cephas MS, I'll conclude my thoughts with this. In Cephas MS, he writes, the universe returns to Torah standards. This is what Simchat Torah is all about. Simchat Torah is about rejoicing in the Torah, but also rejoicing in what God wants the world to be. He says, Cephas MS writes and says, Why should we rejoice in Simchat Torah? To answer this question, we must keep in mind that the, whole, the high holy days are not only a time of judgment, but also a period of renewal for the world. On Rosh Hashanah, the world returns full cycle to its historical beginnings, to its first day when God said, Let there be light. The short period between Rosh Hashanah and Shemini Zeretz, when there is a great opportunity for Jews and, and Gentiles to participate in the renewal process, is compared to the period spanning more than two millennia from the creation of the world until the Torah was given at Sinai, during which time the world existed on the basis of unmerited divine kindness. On Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, listen to this, Hashem opens the floodgates of repentance, allowing everyone, say everyone, allowing everyone, Jew and Gentile alike, to return to Him. You say, wait a minute, we've got to return to the Torah as Jews? Absolutely, but so do non-Jews. We all return to Him. It's God calling us out of Egypt to worship Him. Baruch Hashem.